Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm doing uh, I'm doing just fine. Uh, we're two days out from signing day, and I'm amused at uh, – I- I'm not going to call it panic. I guess that's just overstating things, but I'm amused at the level of uh, worry and concern on various Alabama message boards and on the Alabama social medias uh, because I'm surprised that anyone's surprised uh, in terms of we apparently won't be signing or getting commitments from too many big dogs in these final couple of days. I'm just not sure what people were expecting because I guess because me and you track this on a daily basis, uh, we tend to be less surprised than others. But gosh, I, uh, I don't. While I agree that we're not signing the best signing class of the Saban era. I'm just confused as to – I'm confused as to the confusion out there, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, that's a fine way to put it. I think it, you're right. Um, look, by the standard of big dogs walk late, I don't know that this is going to be a, a, a great day on Wednesday. Plus, I don't and, even think that it's true, by the way. I think no, that's something it's we not. say. I think it's something we say, and it's not even true. No, and that's the old Pat Dye saying, and I think you're absolutely right. It's not really true anymore. Because I wasn't even coaching when uh, Al Gore invented the internet. That's right. And so when you when you say something like that now, see, it's different because you want to knock out as many uh, early commitments and then get to work on the next year's class as quickly as possible. So, um, again, I, I don't think it's going to be an awful day Wednesday or anything like that. But I mean, as far as you know, are we going to get Darnell Washington? I mean, I think you and I both agree we will not. Philip probably Webb. not. Probably not. But you can't rule it out. You can't rule it out. But I'd be shocked. Um, Philip Webb, same thing. I'd be shocked. I've never um, felt. Have me and you ever said? And we do this every day. Have me and you ever said, going all the way back throughout this recruiting cycle on our podcast, this one or the previous one, ever said we're getting Darnell Washington? We never said that. And and, and or, or we're we're getting Philip Webb certainly never said that. No. Um, and, and I think though, when you, when Alabama is associated with uh, guys like that, people just believe, okay, Nick Saban will make it happen. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of competition out there for these guys now and same could be said for Arian Smith. I mean, I, I think we could get him, but it certainly is trending towards Georgia. Uh, Jordan Birch, who has been connected with Alabama, I think it'd be the longest of long shots. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, look, it's not going to be necessarily a banner day unless there is a monster surprise out there. Now, Tino Sinceri did have that one of those cryptic tweets about um, TikTok or whatever the hell he puts out there, and everybody went nuts trying to figure out what he was meaning by that. Um, but... Uh, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe he was talking about an actual timepiece that he just got repaired. I don't know. <laughs> he could have because he does appear to be the type that would uh, have uh, – what, what, what do they call those things? The uh, watch that's on the chain? Oh, uh, a pocket watch. A pocket watch. Yeah, he looks like a pocket watch guy. Not not an Apple watch or a Casio. No, he, he looks like a, like a pocket watch guy. But uh, in, in terms of big dogs walking late and, and everything Pat Dice say about recruiting – I just just looked out of curiosity. 
five on the 247 network. That, that's that's our favorite, by the way. That's the one we endorse. <laughs> the 247 network. Yeah. Uh, five of the top 20 prospects in the nation are uncommitted. Five. While that is, I would call it a significant amount. As a matter of fact, doing quick math, that's around 25 percent of the very best players. But to say the the big dogs walk late. How can you say that when 15 of the top 20 uh, are already committed and have been, and most of those kids have been committed for some time? I would say, I would say a more accurate thing. And by the way, I'm going all the way back now to not only is it five of the top 20, I can't find another uncommitted kid outside of the top 20 until I get to Philip Webb at 42. You know, so you know the big dogs walk length thing. That's just something we say. It's not true. Uh, there are a handful of high-value targets. And what's so dumb about recruiting, and if you're guilty of this, just stop. If you're guilty of this, just stop. I probably did this myself when I was much younger. But but our, our listeners, if you're doing this, just, just coach yourself to handle this differently. And what I mean by that is let's say that Bryce Young, who is as good of a quarterback prospect as we have ever had, ever commit to Alabama. He's as good as, as any quarterback that's ever committed to us. If he was uncommitted today and committed to us tomorrow, you guys would be jumping up and down and dancing on the buildings and running around naked in your hometowns, having, having you know, 24 days of partying. If he committed to us tomorrow, what the hell is the difference whether he commits on December 17th or July 17th? What is the difference? The only thing that matters is that he's signing on Wednesday. So don't get uh, your panties all on a wad over when these guys are coming. All that matters is who's signing Wednesday. It doesn't matter that you get a commitment in the last day or two just because recruiting's in the news and you so want Alabama to finish strong. Finishing strong. Who cares if you finish strong or begin strong? All that, all that matters is the names on Wednesday, not when they committed. The names on Wednesday compared to the names on everybody else's list on Wednesday. All that matters. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and again, it is difficult for some people to, you know, because people, it's not, um, Jerry Seinfeld used to have this in one of his bits. Men don't care what's on TV. They care what else is on TV. So it's sort of, you don't care who's already committed. You care about who's about to commit. And you know, you should look at it the way you're talking about. There's no doubt about it. Now, having said all that, I think we'll save a lot of that type of recruiting talk for tomorrow's podcast, because today I want to talk, uh, get your thoughts on the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. I got to watch some of it online, and I have some thoughts about that here, but I do want to go ahead and tell you about Spotify Wrapped. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at Locked On Bama on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. So I told everybody wrong about this last week. You go to the, if you're a Spotify person, go to Spotify and there's a wrapped something on there. I don't do Spotify, but you can take a screenshot of that and then we will all retweet it. So we would greatly appreciate your doing that. Um, okay, Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game. First of all, and look, I'm not a professional broadcaster, though I do some broadcasting. I only know how to broadcast based on my years and years and hours and hours and hours of watching and listening to sports broadcasts. I'm not 
very learned when it comes to, you know, the different formations, et cetera. I just call what I see and try to bring something a little more unique to it. So far be it from me to ever criticize broadcasters. But I got to say, if anybody out there watched the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star broadcast and they watched it on that Mississippi coaches link that everybody tweeted out, that's the only place I could find that you could actually watch it online. It was damn near comical. They called out several names that weren't playing in the game. <laughs> that's tough to do. Yeah, I mean, like, how do you even know they existed? Purpose. That's why we got to plan in advance, really. How do you – I mean – it it tells me that those people knew what they had was like an old roster of people who should be there. And then they just were like, I, I'm sure this is correct. You know, this roster we got from October is fine. And they just started calling out names of people that weren't there. It it was bananas. I was like, holy hell, that guy's there. And then I saw Twitter and they were like, nah, he's not there. <laughs> so um, anyway, your thoughts on the game itself. Um. I would be lying if I said I saw it. Uh, I'm like every, every I'm all I'm like all the angry people who who don't get to see uh, the game because of the broadcasting, and I, and I intend to literally bring this up with the AHSAA director. I'm literally going to bring it up to him because I, I'm outraged over why this. And frankly, in my market, the Super Seven is also not on my television. Uh, and I know what they're going to say. I can't help it if they don't buy it. Well, then I'm going to say, then what the hell are you selling it for? Because then you're selling it for too much. Then you're selling it for too much. It's more important that you get these kids on TV and, and, and get, get, get high school, Alabama high school football on TV than it is making money. If you're not losing money, then just put it on. But anyway, uh, that's anything. So I didn't get to see it. However, I did read multiple practice reports. I talked to people that were at practice. I have talked to a couple of people who saw the game I read lots of tweets about it, so I feel semi-educated about what happened, though I didn't see it with my own eyes, so I'm eager to hear uh, what my podcast partner saw with his own eyes, but here's my first takeaway, and it basically confirms what I've been saying, and if you listen to our podcast with John Garcia from last week, uh, you know, I brought this up to him, and I think this game confirmed it, and that is, for a guy who's not a five-star McKinley Jackson is recruited like a five-star, and frankly, you put him on a field full of good athletes and good prospects, and he plays like a five-star. He is grossly underranked, and while I'm not saying that he should definitely be a five-star or that he should be a top 15 player, top 20 player, and, and I forget where he's at. I'm going to look at it right here, but I, I forget where, where exactly he's at, but wherever Ishmael Sopcher was a year ago, that's where McKinley Jackson should be because he's that guy. He is Sopcher. Now, Sopcher, I believe, was ranked much higher and had much more buzz, but McKinley Jackson and Ishmael Sopcher are really the same dude, and I think he proved it this week in practice and definitely in the game on Saturday. Yeah, there was no doubt. He was the one guy that they did call out correctly several times, and they called him several times because he was always in on the play. Um I haven't seen – usually there is some kind of ranking of who performed how at the um, – at you know, from 24-7 arrivals or something. I haven't seen that yet. But um, I, my understanding is Javion Cohen played very well. Um, I thought it was interesting that they had Christian Story at running back, and he, he actually played pretty well 
considering I don't know that he'd ever played running back before. In fact, he said he'd never played running back before. And his mom said, well, he did when he was like in Pop Warner or whatever. So um, it, it, for him to play running back and, and have a at least a sense of what to do with the ball was positive. He was the leading rusher with only like 30-something yards because McKinley Jackson lived in the backfield. Um, and then, of course, even more ironically and just hilarious was the fact that Alabama loses on a blocked extra point. I mean, I mean, what are the damn odds? I, I mean, oh, really good. The, yeah, really good. Actually, <laughs> if you had said, how will this game end blocked extra point or any other way possible? <laughs> everybody's going you know what i feel pretty good about this block section point. i mean i would have bet you know i would have bet my million on doink but still yeah. that would have been my second choice by the way i just looked it up not switching uh so i just looked it up mckinley jackson is ranked 113th in america which makes you a really good i mean you're really if you're number 113 you're really really good uh but I, like i said i think he should be higher because he's the same kid sopcher was i just looked up sopcher ended last year number 47 in the nation and I'm just saying, if Sasha's 47, then unless there's something truly bizarre about a cycle, and I never really assume there is, uh, McKinley Jackson should be up there around where that is. And I like that 47 because that doesn't make you a five-star, but it makes you sort of within shouting distance a five-star. And because he's a little heavy uh, and, and, and because of the projection issues that can cause when you show up heavy – um, and, and we all saw that Sopcher had to redshirt because he was heavy when he showed up. Uh, I would uh, assume the same of McKinley or something something similar. Uh, but the point is, if, if Sopcher's 47, McKinley, Jackson should be much higher. They're the same kid. No, I, I totally agree. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if um, if McKinley, Jackson ended up with as a five-star some, somehow. I mean, that would be a huge jump. And they only have one more rankings uh, – evaluation to go i think but um that's probably true and yeah. i think he's gonna i think he's definitely gonna rise based on his performance this week and in the all-star game but i don't think he'll jump from 113 to the top 50 but i i, I do agree he's going to jump and end up being a national top 100 player and i don't want to dismiss that i mean I, that's a bigger deal than most people know i mean myself someone that's followed this for forever and ever the way i look at it is if you're top 100 you are super super elite super elite it's easy math. Let's say everybody in the country signing 25 guys and literally the best program in the country signs 25, the second best signs the next 25, the third best signs the next 25. You're talking about uh, someone going to a top, someone that would be at the top of the wish list for the fourth best program in the country if you're a top 100 player. I mean, so so top 100 you're, and that's not how recruiting works, of course. I'm just saying that's the math. You're extremely elite if you are top 100. In my opinion, you're elite, period, if you're top 250 uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, the math. And number two, there's roughly 250 players drafted each year in the NFL draft. I think if you're drafted into the NFL and, and are given the opportunity by draft to play in the National Football League, you're just one hell of a football player. I don't care if you go in the sixth round or the first round. You're one hell of a football player if you're getting the opportunity for an NFL team to invest in your future. So if you're in the top 250 in high school, considering that there's 130 Division One teams and not just 32 like there are in the NFL, that just makes you super elite. So any kid that's a four-star and in the national top 250, uh, you're an elite recruit. Uh, top 100 is super elite. 
and the true five stars, in other words, guys that are five stars on every service, whew, those are unicorns. They're Sasquatches. They're, 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 there's just very few of those dudes out there every single year. And uh, even though I know that we, we talk about how, gosh, there's so many busts, that's because we remember the bus. The fact of the matter is uh, most, most five stars end up being every bit that w- what, what we think they're going to be. I mean, most of them are. Justin Fields, five star. I mean, no, no doubt about it. Joe Burrow actually was a highly recruited guy. I know everybody says, oh, Nebraska didn't offer him. I mean, he, 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 he signed with Ohio State. Who thinks they're signing flubs? I mean, they only sign big-time kids. He, he, and then LSU took him, I mean, even though he hadn't been playing. I mean, he's a big-time guy. Chase Young, five-star. Uh, Jalen wasn't a five-star, but he was a solid four-star with, with an impressive offer list. So uh, most of the time, these, uh, these five-star types pan out. Uh, just as you were talking, I noticed our buddy John Garcia, who's been on the program several times, tweeted out just the uh, emoji of the eyeballs indicating that something interesting has happened. And everybody in the world is like, so what happened? And he has not responded to anybody yet. But uh, I found that frustrating for people, but I like I like it. I mean, you know, they can't say I mean, they can't say. But what would you rather when they can't say something? Are you the fan that would go, I'd rather not know anything at all? Or would you rather be interested in something is afoot? Yeah, something I would rather know that something's afoot, something interesting is soon to happen, and uh, I appreciate him letting us know that. Uh, I know it's frustrating that we don't know exactly what. Uh, he can't tell us for a reason, and we know John Garcia, if he can't tell us, it's for a damn good reason. So just know that and, and, and know some exciting stuff is coming. If you all just want us to wildly guess, and I have nothing to guess, but if you want us to wildly guess, uh, I, I feel pretty decent about Jace McClellan maybe uh, flipping to Alabama on signing day. Uh, not saying that's what Garcia's talking about, but I just think in terms of like what could be really good news for us down the stretch is that, and if you want me to take like the biggest flyer in the whole world where I have almost nothing to go on, uh, Elias Ricks is, is, is the fifth rated player nationally by rivals. He's been committed to LSU forever. Uh, Put it this way, I'm not going to faint if Elias Ricks flips to Alabama on signing day. Now, don't anybody count on on that happening. As a matter of fact, if Elias Ricks listens to his podcast, I may have just caused him to fall out of his chair laughing. So I'm not reporting anything. I'm just just repeating a crazy whisper. Uh, You know, and I understand that's what you're doing. I understand you're not uh, predicting it. I think that would be bananas to the twentieth degree. Uh, so, what would what is bananas uh, uh, times twenty? What's the banana? A, a shitload of bananas. bananas. It's a lot, a lot of bananas. Lot of bananas. Um, okay, and I guess just to wrap up, because we'll, we're going to talk, we're going to have like exclusive, not exclusive. I don't know why I said exclusive. It's exclusive because it's from us, only us. Only this podcast will have us on it tomorrow. So that's exclusive, right? I mean, that counts? Correct. That's exclusive as it gets. Okay. Okay. Well, okay, then. Um, so I wanted to bring up a couple of thoughts from Alabama guys in the NFL yesterday. Ryan Anderson from down in your area who absolutely – I mean, I've loved and been scared to death of him since I interviewed him at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game several years ago. It's the only time I've ever interviewed anybody at the Alabama All-Star Game. 
And I was literally scared thinking this guy may just tackle me for standing here. He looked, he was as mean looking as a dude as I've ever seen. And he ended up causing yesterday three fumbles, which is the first time this happened since 2016. And the record is causing four fumbles in one game, which seems even more bananas than the other banana shit we talked about. But causing four fumbles in a game is causing a boatload of fumbles, but he caused three in one game. And that's, that's awesome. And then Kenyon Drake, how about Kenyon by God, Drake getting four touchdowns yesterday for the uh, Arizona Cardinals as they waxed Cleveland in a game where Mac Wilson also gets an interception. That's pretty damned awesome. That is uh, unbelievable. But you know what, when we have, what do we have? I think 54 guys in the NFL. Is it 54 uh, right now? Something like that. Yeah, we almost have a whole team, yeah. Yeah, the math well, is – we, have, we have over a whole team. I, I, yeah, the, math, the math – the <laughs> we've gotten to the point now where, where it would be mathematically pretty shocking if we didn't have a handful of guys do something really cool. But right. it's still fun. It's fun to hear about it and watch and root for them. And I bet a lot of our listeners out there who are just hardcore Alabama fans like me and Luke, I bet a lot of y'all are like us, and that's that we don't particularly – live and die with one NFL team that we might have some we like more than others but uh but we really just root for our guys and and now there's so many of them uh and it's fun and 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 last night uh watching that NFL game with Levi Wallace intercepting a ball that uh that that won uh, a playoff spot for the Bills uh boy what a story Levi Wallace has been he he really has the, the game clutching interception um and I mean just Awesome for him. I'm I'm super proud of him. Derrick Henry had another pretty good game in a loss. Um, he just when he gets going, you know, they really get away from giving him the ball, which is just asinine to me. It's I an mean, issue it up there in uh, Nashville Talk Radio. Is it really? But it's got to be because you've got to look at him and say, okay, at the beginning of the year, you know, he's the kind of guy who gets like you know forty something yards and fifty something yards. Around this time of year when everybody's banged up and he's healthy as hell and he's just running folks over, why on earth would you not give him the ball? I just don't understand. He's on my fantasy team, and he didn't quite deliver yesterday. Uh, I got bailed out uh, by something else. But, uh, but yeah, he, he only had eight fantasy points yesterday. But uh, he, he didn't practice all week. Uh, it was a real bad hamstring. They didn't practice him all week, hopefully, you know, hoping he would be a go. He did play. He did produce to some extent. Eight points is better than – in one point, he did. He did produce uh, fantasy-wise at least a little bit, but uh, uh, you know, hopefully he'll get uh, healthy for the playoffs because with the Steelers' loss last night, the Titans now are almost certainly in as the second wild card in the AFC. That means they'll be a huge road underdog in Week One, but uh, hopefully they'll get Derek healthy for that. Uh, Derek really is, when healthy, one of the top five running backs in the NFL. I think the numbers bear that out. Oh, there's no doubt, and. Finally, uh, apparently, Alabama uh, does not have a first-team all uh, first-team AP All-American for the first time since 2010. I mean, Xavier McKinney can't get on there, or he's uh, actually third. I am so mad about. I, I'm literally mad about this because I can't help but I can't help but think that Bama fatigue. Uh, do you know that analytics-wise, I needed to save the tweet and, and maybe do a blog about it on Crimson Country Club, but I read from a credible analytics guy, not an Alabama fan, an analytics guy, a guy that, goes, that does deep-dive statistics about figuring out who's good and who's not. 
I saw a deep dive statistics guy that says Alabama is the best 13th ranked team in the college football playoffs in the five years of the poll. That yeah. Alabama at 13, there's never been a 13th ranked team as good as Alabama in the five years of the poll. Two other analytics guys, one of them being Sagarin, by the way, and, and I know everybody like takes their shots at computer guys, and, and you can find fault with every single computer ranking, but Sagarin says Alabama's the fourth best team, that, that not Oklahoma, Alabama's the fourth best team for Sagarin. Another analytics guy that I read also has nothing to do with Alabama, he's just straight up computer guy, he says Alabama's the fourth best team at, at the end. So, and we're 13th. There's only one way to explain that, and that's Bama fatigue. Even the committee got sick of us. And then when I watched that award show Thursday, as much as I enjoyed it, the Home Depot award show, I got there and got a little angry over Devontae Smith had a better year than that USC wide receiver that was nominated for the Blitnikoff, and he had to fight for receptions over Ruggs and Jerry Judy. And he still had a better year than the Southern Cal guy. Xavier McKinney, I know Grant Delpit won the fourth. I'm a Grant Delpit fan. If I'm an NFL team and I want a safety, I'm drafting Grant Delpit over Xavier McKinney. So I'm not being a homer here. I would draft Delpit over McKinney based on what I've seen out of Delpit in three years. But the fact of the matter is McKinney was better on the field this season than Delpit. He was better sure. on the field this fall than J.R. Reed. And, and, and McKinney wasn't a finals. Jed Wills, Jed Wills is about to be the highest drafted offensive lineman. That's a guess on my part. I know other offensive linemen are, are slotted to go higher, like that great tackle from Georgia. And I think the sophomore tackle from Oregon, Panay Sewell, he is awesome. He's awesome, and I'm fine. Give the award to him. That's great. He, he probably was the best lineman in college football this year. But Jed Wills had to have been one of the top three because he graded out great, and he's probably going to be a top ten pick in the NFL draft. So we had three guys deserving to be there. None of them were there. None of them were first-team All-Americans. And I can't help but think, that the Bama fatigue that has pushed Alabama from where they should be, somewhere around fifth or sixth, all the way down to 13, and we got no first-team All-Americans, and, and we got nobody at that award show, the, the nation has, has just puked out Bama fatigue all at once. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree, and there's very little that can be done about it. I mean, I think we just have to sort of deal with that. In fact, I've got an article coming out in tomorrow's paper talking about how, you know, 2019 kind of sucked for Alabama. I mean, you start off with losing the national championship game uh, in really bad fashion. And then you move on to uh, basketball, which was nothing short of a disappointment. Um, then you go to baseball, same thing. Meanwhile, Auburn's going to the final four and, and however many SEC teams went to the college world series, including Auburn, one of your arch rivals. Um, then you move over to this football season. And before we even get kicked off good, um, we lose Dylan Moses and Joshua McMillan and Trey Sanders. As the season goes on, we have more injuries, including to our Heisman trophy, uh, candidate who, you know, was, was right there for the award. If he could have stayed healthy. Um, we lose to our true arch rival at the moment in LSU, and we lose to our traditional arch rival in Auburn on a doinked freaking field goal. We lose Eric Gilbert, who, who a guy at a position of need that we really, really, really wanted, thought we all had. He surprised everybody, committing to, again, our new arch rival. Um, basketball season has started again. We lost, we hadn't even talked about the Penn State loss because it happened a while back. We lose to Penn State uh, because we have maybe 
the worst inbounds I've ever seen a team have. I don't think it was necessarily a bad coaching move. I just think our guys don't know how to win yet. And we threw it into Alex Reese, who had no business getting the ball. And he had no idea what to do with it. Ended up throwing a shot that was so bad. Uh, You know, a a third grader would go, oh, my God, that's awful. Um, So all that. And now here we are at at, uh, the end of the year. um, And I'm looking at 2020 with a new vision. I hope you see what I did there. And I I think we're going to have a a much better year because frankly, I know we went 10 and two and and Alabama fans shouldn't be bitching about that. And we're spoiled and blah, blah, blah. But by the way, we lost Namari Burnett. Uh, We lost who was, was it the kid Jackson kid out of Michigan? He's going to Kentucky over us in basketball recruiting. So I'm looking at 2020 and going, you know, really, relatively speaking, it can't be worse. Now, it's all relative. I mean, Vanderbilt could say, hey, look it up. You could be us. But in terms of what Alabama is and what they can be and what the expectations are, I think that 2019 was about as bad as it can get all the way around. So I'm looking for a complete turnaround in football, basketball, and baseball for next year. And I think it starts with kicking Michigan's ass on January 1st and uh, going from there. And hopefully a lot of kids come back. And you know. Yeah, I hope we look at Michigan like it's the first game of 2020 and not the last game of 2019. Uh, but one thing uh, on a final note, because I know we got to go, but uh, on a final note, I hope that one thing that looks a little different next fall is maybe the expectations, which will still be sky high, but I hope the expectations aren't ludicrous stupid because i think our ludicrous stupid expectations are the reason we're 13th in the playoff the the, the committee everybody in the country wants to compare alabama to alabama instead of comparing alabama to the other schools and other programs and and we could use some uh some water some cold water on the expectations uh and and i think if we did we'd get more of a realistic look at exactly what we are I think that's certainly a good point um we do all need to we all need a good reset that's all we need i mean look that's what i used to do when i played uh metroid on my uh, nintendo was every time i got beat or i was about to get beat i was like screw that i'm resetting it so i'd reset it there we go uh, <laughs> you probably don't you probably never did metroid because you probably couldn't operate a nintendo <laughs> uh, i mean I, I, I was confused i was always confused when i was trying to hook it up to my rotary phone <laughs> Never, just never could get it. Never, never this could damn get it hooked up to work. my phone. Never could get it hooked up to my rotary phone just right. Um, all right. So uh, that's going to do it for today. We will see, talk to you guys tomorrow. We'll talk a lot more recruiting. And um, I hope everybody has a roll tide day. Joy signing day eve. All right. Roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.